0: Thanks Church. Yeah, thanks Shannon. So basically the prayers that we're we're going to be praying this week as a church, um, uh, two prayers, one from Ephesians 1, one from Ephesians 3. So I didn't write them, I just sort of adapted them a little bit for us to just bring them into the language and I did it for myself initially um, and we're going to be looking at those today. So we're having a little break from our, our series and we're just going to be looking at these prayers. Along with that, Every morning at 6 a.m. and every evening at 6 p.m., you should be getting an email if you're on our um, database uh, that will have just sort of little notes on the verses. So there's five notes for the Ephesians 1 prayer, five notes for the Ephesians 3 prayer. And I think they're very exciting. Like When I started to really study what God has for us, it just got me excited, you know, like we're singing songs today and one of them was, starts off with, you know, hang on by a thread of hope. But these prayers are to say to you guys, this is not a thread of hope that you have. When you are in Christ Jesus, the hope that you have is like an anchor rope that will not let go, ever. So when you're actually understanding what God has for you, how much he is for you, and the power and authority that Jesus has, that he has invested in the church to be able to make changes uh, to, to whatever's around us, to to give strength to the church, to to light up our life, it's actually really exciting. And, and so the prayers really, um, as we pray them this week, are going to be that we actually understand that God gives us revelation of all these good things he has for us because we can... We can think that God is not for us. Um, you know, Sue says, you know, like she's going through her faith journey. It's like, but wait a minute, this failed. And one of, the, one of the things that she said is, but I don't want to be swayed basically by what's happening here on earth. It's, a little, it's sort of like that, my paraphrase, if I'm wrong, come up and correct me right now. But, but pretty much that was it. You know, like we look around at the world and we're like, oh, that's just the way it is. But Christ Jesus died so that we can actually have a hope in this world that is beyond our earthly hope, something that, that can grab hold of heaven, so to speak. And we talked about opening heaven's windows last week. But with this, it's about this revelation of who Jesus is, the authority that he has, and what he has given to the church. That we should not think that we are nothing and, um, and that we have no power. Um, <laughs> Just as we were standing there this morning, I was just thinking about how we can sometimes feel locked out, locked out of heaven, basically, as uh, people here on earth. And I was remembering as a kid, You know, have you ever played that game where your sister goes outside and you lock her out? That's a good game. <laughs> it's so much fun. But it's not so much fun when it happens to you, like, you know, and, and as a kid, it's just hilarious because you lock the door and then you realise there's a back door and so you're wetting yourself and you're running to the back door, trying to lock it before they get around there and come in. Now, as a locky out person, the locked out person, not the locky, the locker, wait, the locky, yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but is it like you go, oh, I'm never going to get back in that house? You know, my sister shut the door, that's it. Sometimes it feels like that. But you know what behind that is when mum and dad come home, that door's opening, <laughs> no matter what. That 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 person inside doesn't have the authority to open any I mean, close you out forever. And yet sometimes the things that happen in our life, or you know, what people might say, the the situations, the circumstances, it's almost as though we we feel that someone has the authority to lock us out of heaven, to actually have God's goodness. And, you know, we we could even go so far as to say we believe that Satan is stronger than Jesus. We believe that the powers of the enemy are somehow greater than the infinitesimal power of, I mean, the infinite power of God. And we feel like we're locked out. And this week... I want us to combine together as a church and begin to pray the prayers that we're about to go through and, and I'll explain a little bit, just a touch of what God has for us in these prayers, if we can only understand. If we can believe in God, if we can understand what he actually has for us, and as I read through these prayers, there's, there's probably, you know, there's a few major things that I get out of it. One is this. God is so for us, It is incredible. He wants to reveal himself to us. There is no doubt that he wants to, to show us who he is and let us know his power. The second thing is that as a church, you are not a wimpy little creature slithering on the earth trying to grab some attention. You've been given the power and authority that is invested in Christ. And Ephesians talks about how not only was Jesus raised, as we'll, we'll sort of look at some of that this morning, but as a Christian you are now bound into the life of Christ and you have been raised with him as the body of Christ. That, that we need to understand that, that we are not defeated people. We are not struggling and, and making it through this life as though, you know, finally we get to the end, we'll die and then everything will be okay. But God has set Jesus in this authority for this reason, the benefit of the church. And and we're going to sort of think about that a little bit. The reason that he set Jesus in this authority place that gave him power over everything is for the benefit of the church. And sometimes we don't want to believe that. And sometimes we feel that if we do believe that, then we're being selfish. We're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's selfish to actually want to see things change. It's selfish to want want to have benefits, because that shows that I'm bad-hearted. No, it doesn't. It can, if you are in the wrong mindset of greed and all that sort of stuff. But a person fully surrendered to Christ will always, always pray according to his will, because they're surrendered to what he wants. And so that person is not greedy in heart, they're not looking for a benefit for themselves so that they can be greater. What they're looking for is the power of God to just work in their life and restore things to what it should be. The Garden of Eden, you know, where every need was met, where God walked with them daily in the evening, that communication could be open, that, that there was this benefit for the church that, that, honestly, as we've been talking about, as we've been looking through um, Malachi that the nations around would just look at the church and go, that's a pleasant place. There seems to be something about that place. And, and I have, I wouldn't say struggled with it through my life at all. I've always known God and his benefits and what he wants to do for me. Sometimes I just have to grab them by faith and actually believe them. Now, I know that if someone loves you and they say, I love you, and they want to love you and they genuinely love you but if you don't believe it you never receive that love is that not true you know imagine you're married Uh, if you're not married imagine that you are if you are married you are married so you don't have to imagine (laughs) but you know if you're in a relationship like that and you know one of the people really loves the other and they're saying i really love you i honestly do and and their whole posture towards that person is love but the other person's i don't believe it you'll never receive it and i feel sometimes that's the way it is with us with god it's like you know as again as Sue's talking about you know like this whole thing of you know god is good do you really believe that god is good Or do you want him to be good but you don't think he is? So you're you're hoping that he's good uh, because that would be nice. But is he really good? Is he really for me? These prayers that we're going to pray this week are so powerful. And it's not actually about unlocking any uh, need that we have and grabbing it and putting it before God. These prayers are so that we can actually understand it to start with. Once you get confidence... Once you know, without a shadow of a doubt, God is for you, you pray differently, you think differently, you believe differently, and you don't just trust God. Now, I understand trust does mean faith, but there's this different level of believing. It's not, I just trust God. No, it's like, wait a minute, God wants to work on my behalf. I don't just trust him that no matter what happens, everything's going to be all right. I actually trust him that I have the ability to somehow tap into what he has provided for me in the spirit and begin to pray those things in faith and see things change. Now, I know this is true because I've, I've seen it so many times in people's lives where they've prayed and something incredible has happened. You know, It's, it's like... That's, that's only God. And you sometimes wonder, if I didn't pray, if I didn't believe for that, would it happen? Good question to ask. For some reason, God has given us this invitation to pray that his will, will be done on earth as in heaven. And we like go, well, why do I need to even pray that? Surely he just does what he wants, does he? Because we can sometimes pray with such... Uh, timidity I guess doubt in our heart that God can do anything and not everything that happens is God's will and I'll put it simply as this who here believes that God wants everyone in the world to be saved Does everyone believe that does everyone also believe that not everyone is saved so what's God's will are we saying that, no, it's God's will that some don't be saved because they're not? Or do we go, wait a minute, I know what the Word of God says. He wants everyone to be saved. That's God's will. But we don't always see it play out, do we? And so when we start to pray, and, and, and this is why that experience thing that Sue was talking about today is so important to understand that just because we've experienced something doesn't mean that that's what God wanted. Would you agree? So that's why it's important to understand what God actually wants, so that when we begin to pray, we pray in confidence. Now, you know, there there might be lots of different areas. One of them, for me, is healing. You know, when people say, you know, well, they died, and I've had that experience too, praying for a young girl with cancer, she died. Do I go, well, that's God's will, or do I go, wait a minute, what, what went wrong? It's probably not... A question to to struggle with too much you know it's like the why question all i know is what god is like revealed through his son jesus christ and it said he went around healing all who were sick oppressed of the devil and so i see god's hand what he wants to do but reality is not always what god wants god's will on earth as it is in heaven is there sickness in heaven no there isn't is that god's will i don't think so that's something I've come to the conclusion with. You might think totally differently, and that's okay. In fact, I've come to this place that if I had a, a, a sickness to death, I would pray and believe that I'd be healed every single day until the day I die. And the day I die, if I die to that sickness, I go to heaven, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've settled that so much in my heart, I don't believe that's what God wants. You know, that God wants you to suffer, God wants to take your baby, what a load of rubbish. What a load of rubbish. That's just not true. That's not who God is. And, you know, we see these things happen and we struggle with them because we, we, we want to see the best, but we don't really understand God wants to see the best too. If God had his way in this earth, what he would want to see is a, a world of love and caring where, you know, there isn't suffering and pain. And we've talked about it before with heaven, you know, that, that, that place that we're going to, that eternal home, that's the ideal, but we're not there and we won't be there until Jesus comes again sets his kingdom on earth and changes things forever but at the moment we're living in this world where we see reality and truth and sometimes they're opposed to one another and the truth is always God so let's have a look at these these verses in Ephesians because i think they're they're so powerful so this is paul praying the prayer and and This is, what I want to do this week is pray it first person, pray it as though you're praying it for the church, and then also pray it as though you're praying for your family. All right? And we've been praying this, me and Joe, a little bit. And, I mean, we continually pray for our kids, our family, and we see changes where God just moves. It's incredible. Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so you might grow in your knowledge of God. So firstly, what we're praying for this week is spiritual wisdom, the stuff that's hidden in Christ, wisdom from heaven given by God. And what you'll find is this is so often opposed to what we see around us, the wisdom of the world. The wisdom from above is peaceful, pure, gentle. It's good. And the wisdom that we sometimes see here on earth is not like that at all. So what we're going to be praying is that, that God, you would actually um, give us a spiritual insight, spiritual wisdom. Why do we need that? Because the things of God are only understood by the Spirit of God, right? They have to be revealed to us in the spiritual realm. So what we're going to be doing is asking God, show me. Take me beyond what I see in my natural eyes and let me see things in the spiritual realm. Spiritual insight and revelation, the, thing, the divine things, what it is, the benefits of salvation, what are they to me? That is part of the spiritual insight, which is revelation. Knowing him, not just who Christ is, but actually what is your holy call? What are the blessings that are constantly being poured out on your people? It's revelation of the dignity that he gives us and the benefits towards us. Let's keep going. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honour at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. How powerful is that? He wants us to know what the power is that's available to us as Christians. For those who devote themselves to him. Alright, so what about this power that we have available to us? This is saying that it is far above any power that we know. Not that it's just this little bit above But it far exceeds any other power that there is. And it's said to be for the advantage and the benefit of those who believe. Again, it's not about just knowing this to be true, but it's for those who are devoted to Christ that are true believers that this revelation comes that we begin to understand the power of God. And this is something that you see time and time again in these prayers. We do not know how amazingly powerful God really is. We just don't get it. But imagine this, the greatest power ever known working on our behalf. Not against us, but for us. A divine power that works in your minds and in your hearts. And the word for power here is that root word, that we get the word dynamite from in our language, in English. It's not just a, a little, you know, firecracker. We're talking about this explosion of something in our life that changes things. The meaning of this word power, it's an inherent power, so it's something that's inside us that, that is put forth or the power of God that's inside of him and nature that he has. It's a power for performing miracles. It's a power to help you be a moral person, to have an excellent soul. It's a power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. It's a power and resources that arise from numbers. So in other words, that when we understand as a church that it's us together, there's this power released. And it's a power consisting Sorry, resting upon armies, forces or hosts. So in other words, what is the authority behind it? God wants resurrection power to be real in the life of the believer. Let's let's look at that. Sorry, go back again. That was my fault. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The resurrection power. The power that overcame sin and death to raise Christ from the dead, this is the life that God wants for us. The supreme demonstration of his power was the resurrection. The supreme demonstration of his love was the death of Christ. But as a Christian, we want to understand this, that there should never, ever be a power shortage in our life. Christ is seated at God's right hand. So let's read that, Ephesians 1:21 to 23. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for what? The benefit of the church. The church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. You see, the rank and authority of Jesus Christ are never in the slightest way threatened. There's not one other power that could even get close to him. That is why for us as Christians, when Jesus talked about it, he said, Go in my name, baptize, heal the sick, raise the dead, tread on all the powers of the enemy, don't hold back. Because what's going to happen is that I've gone and I've been risen to this this amazing place to sit at the right hand of the Father, and I'm saying now, behold, I give you authority. Behold, I give you authority. And the thing is that Christ can actually do that. Why? Because he's been seated at God's right hand, a place of favor, of friendship, of strength. And what he is being given it for is this reason, the benefit of his church. The benefit of his church. So that the church can now walk in that same power and authority as Christ. We are not Jesus. We never will be. But given to us is this this authority to actually stand up and say, get lost, devil. Get out of my life. This isn't what God wants. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take authority over what is ever happening in my life. The church is not powerless, but it's strong in Christ. And it's interesting that, that while we have angelic hosts subject to him, both good and bad, for some reason the born-again believer shares this very special cra- place with God because they are now joined with Christ. Christ and they're able to share in the life of Christ because of their surrender to him. It's like the, the, the whole body of the church being swept up into his presence. Isn't that amazing? So that's our first prayer. So far, so good? We're praying that over our church. God, give us revelation. Give us spiritual wisdom. Give us spiritual insight. And one of the verses that I love the best is about our hearts being flooded with light to understand things. But what a powerful prayer, right? Why are we praying this? Because we want us to grow in the knowledge and understanding of this. Because as we do it, what does it say? We become complete. We finally reach a maturity as a church, as a group of believers, that, that, that completeness is that, that, that wholeness Yes, we believe in our Savior, and we are serving him together. So that's our first prayer, and that's the one that, that we're going to be praying in the mornings. It's not a rule. But we think about this. Why are we going to do it like this? One in the morning, one in the evening? Is that even you know what we do? Or is that just, you know like a tradition thing, you know that we're, we're doing one in the morning, one in the evening, and it's a rule. We don't have to pray like that true? We don't have to do anything, actually. <laughs> we're all volunteers in this. We're all called into service, but we don't have to do anything. But we're going to rip ourselves off for a start. And it certainly won't please God. But listen to this. Jesus prayed morning, night. We see people in Acts praying at three o'clock. They had different, different times where they'd pray in the temple You know, certain hours of the day, one of those being 3 o'clock, but also people prayed at home at 3 o'clock. You see it. While he was up on the roof praying, he got a vision from God. We see it in in Daniel, praying in the window when when he's praying to God, set times of the day. This is a good way to pray because it reminds us that here's a set time. So you can set your alarm and you can say, I'm going to pray once in the morning. I'm just going to pray these prayers and whatever else you want to pray. And once in the evening... And maybe during the middle of the day you can reflect on, on the explanation of the verses so that it goes deeper in our soul, alright? That's how we're going to pray this time, if you want. <laughs> That's how I'm going to pray. One in the morning, one in the evening. And so the Ephesians 3 prayer which we're about to look at now is our evening prayer. Ephesians 3, and we're starting at verse 14. This is Paul falling on his knees after thinking about all the things that God did for the Gentiles, basically. The invitation into Christ, the being brought into his authority, lifted up with him. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. What are we looking at here? When we get a revelation of what God has done, we should be drawn into this humble position of prayer. Paul says, fall to my knees. I don't know if you've ever felt like that before God, but if you haven't, there has never been a revelation of the goodness of God in your life where you're like, man, I am just so below him and I need him so much. But with that is the understanding that God is the creator of everything. So as you think about him, just think about nature, the, the, the majesty of the earth. And, and I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, I'd be lying in bed at night <laughs> wondering where the universe ends. <laughs> where, where does it end, guys? Does anyone know? Where's the end of the universe? And if it ends there, what's after that? It just blows your mind, doesn't it? Because it goes in the same category of how can God be eternal? He always was and he always will be. And we're like, brain explodes. But we should be overwhelmed with such a sense of majesty that he is the creator of everything. And it's not just what we see, guys. This is the thing. We can sometimes limit to what we see. We can see what's around us, and that creation is good enough. But, but what about all the things that are unseen? What about all the things in the spiritual realm? What about everything, everywhere, that God created everything? Through him, all things exist. And what, what a strange thing it is That so often, without wondering and without thought, we pass by God's splendor, as if we have our eyes shut, and we miss that opportunity to be in awe of him. And I think this is one of those things that that hopefully uh, Shannon mentioned, maybe get off social media for a week or something or a day, whatever, or if you normally check it at lunchtime, don't check it at lunchtime. We are in a world that is so busy catching up with everything that we miss God himself so much, don't we? I remember reading something about that with a farmer and, and, and it talked about the way he, he would... There was no TV, no internet, this is before all that sort of stuff and how he'd just sit in his field and look and see God in everything. But, but so often, I mean... When was the last time that you drank in the sunset when was the last time that you actually looked at something without thinking i need to share this with the whole world they all need to know about this but our fleeting thought is on that thing for but a second i'm gonna you know video my kid is so funny and send it out to everyone rather than enjoying the moment of what is very much before us in the present. The busyness and the rush of life has stolen from us the wonder and awe of God. Absolutely. So as Christians, what we're praying right now is that that we get into that place where we understand God more. When we think about this provision from God, God suffers no lack. Don't, don't you love the words there? What is it? His glorious and unlimited resources. <laughs> it's like God's not running out of stuff for us, guys. It's not like there's a limit on his goodness and once he's reached that quota for the year, uh, sorry guys, no more goodness this year. I've run out. I've just got to build it up again. You know, get back to the factory with the elves, Whatever. but it's not just this guaranteed supply in our life but it's also a supply of excellence which is what that word glorious means it means that when we look at that supply it's also excellent it's not just quantity but it's quality what god gives us and when we're made strong by virtue of this increase it's not a once-off thing so where it says that inner strength there what's it talking about it means that there's something inside of us that not only makes us strong but keeps us strong and keeps us growing stronger every day. That's what Paul is saying. I want you guys to understand that you're not weak because you're strong in Jesus Christ. Not only that, that he has this glorious, unlimited amount of resource that he can pour into your life so that he can make you strong and keep you strong and keep you growing even stronger. And that is why it's so important to pray these prayers. I'm praying right now that from God's glorious unlimited resources that he will empower you all with the inner strength through his spirit. That this is a spiritual gift that comes to us from God himself as he puts the Holy Spirit inside of us and as we grow in that. It's not like Samson. I don't know if you guys know the story of Samson but in in the Bible, in the Old Testament there's a story of a guy called Samson one of what they called the judges of Israel and God's spirit would come upon him and it would just this amazing burst of strength and do amazing feats. It was an outward strength. Samson had no inner strength. His character was flawed. But God wants to make you strong, not just as a strength a physical strength, in fact, not as that. I'm sure he does want that as well. But to somehow make your inner man, that person inside of you, so strong that you have this strength that no matter what the circumstance, no matter what is happening, you are so strong. You don't waver, you don't wane, you don't give up, you don't quit. You believe God forever. That Christ would make his home in your heart. That he's not just this tenant that comes and occupies and, and then you kick out. But somehow there's this dwelling with us. It's not a casual relationship they have with him. But one that causes our roots to grow deep down to his love. The source of strength that Christian life is based on love. This makes sense, doesn't it? Because God is what? Love. Let's just keep reading a little bit more. 18 to 19. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to be understood fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Without a knowledge of the love of God... Every other part of this prayer can never be prayed with confidence. Ever. Now we could never say, I, I understand God's love fully. But He can give us the power to understand it. How does it happen? Because we start to experience it in our life. Though we could know about it, we start to experience that love of God and it begins to generate something inside our spirit. It it generates faith. It generates hope because we know that God loves us. He's always on our side. He will never let us go. He is for us and not against us. He is there for the benefit of the church. And when we become complete, what does it mean? It means become a body wholly filled and flooded by God. Filled and flooded by God. Imagine that. that, that as you're praying these prayers and as we pray them over ourselves and over the church and over our family, all of a sudden there's this understanding of the love of God and we know that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. So, so those people in your life that you know, you're, you're struggling with and, and you're thinking they're so far from God, as you're praying this prayer over them, it's like, show them you love God. Show them how much to love them so that, that when they finally get it, when this revelation comes, they see the kindness of God in the death of Jesus Christ for their sin and they come to him. They are drawn in. They become repentant in heart because they can see I have missed it so much. I didn't understand how much God loved me. I would even go so far as this though that it's not just talking about individuals. It's not just talking about you knowing the love of God. It's about the body, obviously the greater body of Christ, the whole church, but it's also about this church, this gathering of peoples. Imagine that, this whole body flooded and filled with the presence of God. (laughs) That's something powerful, isn't it? that is something powerful and the riches that he imparts the life of god is a life of fullness and complete fulfillment and we think about it like this the breath of god breathed upon us just as god through jesus sent the holy spirit and jesus said receive the holy spirit and he breathed on his disciples just as god breathed life into adam That's what we want here, isn't it? That as we gather together, somehow there's this breath of God that is breathed over us to give us life, to fill us with the power of God, to fill us with the joy of God, to to, to give us the abundance that we should have. Yeah. Next verses, please. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Again, we have this picture of abundance. We have this picture of power to the point of ridiculous. Why is it that we don't believe for the impossible? given this what god is saying here again it talks about this power it's part it's a power far greater than any other power in fact have a look at that infinitely more infinitely more than we might ask or think we're thinking our impossible prayers god's going that's not impossible (laughs) what do you mean I can actually do infinitely more than what you're asking. And in fact, I go beyond that. I can do infinitely more than what you think. You see, our greatest request or wildest thought is so tiny next to the glory of God. When it talks about that, that, that infinitely more, infinitely greater than, it's a brightness passing surpassing the brightness of the sun. You look at the sun, you get blind. You look at God, actually your eyes are opened. But he is far brighter than the sun. And the glory, this brightness of the sun, or that surpasses the sun, is meant to be shown through the church and through his son, Christ Jesus How long? For generation upon generation, forever and ever. Amen to that. So these are the prayers we'll be praying. I'll be sending them out um, tonight. I'll split them up, do them in different orders so you can read them. I honestly believe if as a church we unite in this, that God will do something amazing in our hearts and our lives. Don't you think so? Imagine praying those prayers. Not only just over yourself, but over everyone else. You see, God is about this transformation. I I love it that... (laughs) the, The one, like I said before, that always comes to me, your heart will be flooded with light or filled with light. That that searchingness that actually exposes darkness but empowers us somehow that you know God is there. I love it. From your glorious unlimited resources, you'll strengthen me in the inner man. Wow, how powerful. How powerful that we're praying that over each other this week. You can picture people if you want certain people in the church you might go i just feel like i want to pray for them that prayer specifically but this is going to be powerful it'll be powerful in the first way is that as you understand it and god reveals things to you imagine just that increase in spiritual wisdom and insight to start with imagine knowing the love of god and actually going yeah i don't understand it but i can see it so wide and high and deep and long in fact it's so long i can't see the end So I can't understand it. Imagine as you're praying going, wow, God raised Jesus to this place of authority, seated him at his right hand, and it was for the benefit of the church. God is for us, not against us. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, how incredible your kindness. How amazing your love. How deep that love for us. I pray, Father God, that you would help us this week to just really commit to praying these prayers. I pray that, Father, we would see that move in the spiritual realm, Father God, that excitement begin to build in us with the possibilities of this God who does infinitely more than we ask and infinitely more than we can even think the power that that is available there lord i pray you'll stretch us in our understanding of you so that we can believe together to see your glory shine on this nation on this church through us as we shine through christ jesus your son in jesus name amen Now, it may be that you're not a Christian this morning. I just want to give you an opportunity to ask God into your life. As I said, he is for you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you on the cross so that your sins could be forgiven and that you can have new life in him. How do do you get this? It says you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth. This morning, I'm just going to pray a prayer. If that's you, that you want to receive Christ this morning, I'm just going to pray it. You pray along with me. You ask him in, and then you talk to your friend you came with, the relative you're with, your mum, your dad, your son, your daughter, whoever it is that you're with. And if you don't have anyone, please come and see me afterwards. I'll be up the front. And you say, I made, made a decision to follow Jesus today. If that's you. I'm just going to pray a prayer. You just pray with me and ask him into your life. Father God, I'm so sorry for not being part of, of what you want for my life i'm sorry for my sin let's ask that you will forgive me today in jesus name from this day on i want to live for you come into my life and fill me now i believe that jesus died for my sin i believe that he rose from the dead and i want to share in that this morning in jesus name amen great guys um now what i would like to give the opportunity for is just this morning i think um if you are hanging on by a thread of hope i would like you to come up for prayer because i want to see that strengthen in your life and i know god does too that that changes around to where you're like man that is an anchor steadfast this hope I have in Jesus. In fact, you know how we share our faith? One of the ways we share our faith, it says, explain the hope that is in you. Now, I don't want to be explaining a thread of hope. I understand it happens in our lives. But if someone asks me about the hope that's in me, I hope I'm not saying, oh, it's just tiny. Oh, it's a thread. But it's actually this anchor I have in Jesus Christ, that I can trust him, that he has saved me. And so God wants to build that in your life. So we do sometimes get to those places, don't we, where we're just like, oh, everything's all wrong and, and we lose our focus on Jesus. And this morning, if that's you, if you've lost your focus on him, just want to offer the opportunity, come up and we'll pray that your eyes become fixed back on him. And I'm going to pray also that you commit to the prayer this week and start praying that over yourself. There is copies of the prayer on the barrel over there that, that I wrote out for my own personal... Um, in the first person thing. So I pray that I blah, blah, blah. But I'll send out the three different ones this afternoon, praying for us and then praying for us and then praying for our families just so that we can slot it in. You can change it very easily. It's not hard. But, yeah, they're on that barrel. As you walk out, grab one, take it home if you don't have the, the email contacts. All right. Let's go, guys. Let's praise our Lord.